we're just starting the series right now. It's called No Regrets, right? And here you can see kind of a little bit of what it's going to be about, but it's going to be about wisdom. And I'm just so excited to be here with you guys this morning and, uh, and share just a little bit. But we actually have a little bit of a different style. I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, was there a game yesterday? Okay, it's a good day today, right? We win a football game, sun comes out, it's a beautiful morning, right? It is amazing. Football season is back. I'm stoked about it. I don't know. I think y'all should be more excited about football and then even a little bit more excited about God, but but also you should be more excited than that about football. But it was an awesome weekend. We got to see the Ducks play again, finally, and it's going to be an even more awesome weekend because we're going to have an awesome time in God's presence. But, but this morning, I, I figured you guys probably noticed that I'm not Pastor Jake. Maybe. I'm a little bit shorter, uh, a lot more scruffy, much longer hair. But uh, also, I fi- kind of figured, like, Jake, when he's up here, he always talks about his skinny jeans a lot. Like, he's always talking about how he's wearing skinny jeans. So I just figured I'd show him, Pastor Jake, if you're watching right now, these are skinny jeans. Now, now his jeans, they're... they're they're slim. That's a, that's a slim jean. Now, a skinny jean, the definition of a skinny jean, if you can't, if you can, if you can make it all the way to the ground when you lunge, this is the limit right here. If you can make it to the ground when you do a lunge, that is not a skinny jean. Now, these, I figured I just had to show them up. I got my skinniest pair. These are skinny jeans, all right? These are skinny jeans. No, but we are getting ready to, to launch this new series, No Regrets, and it's going to be so much fun getting to know wisdom, right? What is wisdom? What is wisdom? What is it? How do we get it? How do we use it? And we're going to go through this series and we're going to just explore this term wisdom. Now this morning we have an awesome opportunity. We're going to have a little bit different style of speaking than we usually do. You might see this little graphic, no regrets, five by five. This morning we've got five incredible speakers that are each going to speak for 30 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we got five incredible speakers that are each going to speak for five minutes, right? Actually, we have four incredible speakers, and then uh, I'm talking right now. But uh, we, we're going to have four incredible speakers, and they're each going to speak for five minutes. Um, and they're going to talk about wisdom, right? They're going to intro us on this amazing series of wisdom. And in the Bible, we see wisdom as being so important. We see uh, King Solomon, probably the most successful man in all of history, when you take everything into consideration, what, what made him so successful? He asked God, give me wisdom, right? So we're going to explore what this means. We're going to explore this word wisdom today, right? And so we've got five speakers, and they're each going to bring you their five best minutes, right? They're going to bring you each five speakers, five best minutes, not one speaker bringing you five great minutes and then 20 lesser minutes, right? We're having five speakers, and they're each going to bring you five great minutes, right? I'm going to intro our team real fast. We're going to start it off. We've got the amazing Nikki Dasso is going to bring us five minutes. Yeah? Yeah, Nikki Dasso, she was heading up our awesome UO campus last year. She is just an amazing woman of God, powerhouse. She's going to bring an amazing five minutes. I've already heard it once. Trust me, you'll want to listen. And then we got Brett Smith. This guy is wisdom. He's an incredible teacher. You guys are going to hear from him. It's going to be awesome. Followed up by probably the most beautiful woman to ever grace this stage, if I am not biased. But the amazing, my wife, Kayla Dale, is going to be speaking. And then she's going to be followed up by the dapper Dan Daly. He's 
going to kill it, and you guys are going to learn so much. You guys are going to be so inspired about what is wisdom, right? And we're, we're going we're gonna to hear from, from them in, uh, in just one second. But first, nothing. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have Nikki Dasso come up here and speak, and she is going to kill it. So much pressure. So much pressure. All right, I'm going to get my, la my uh, little deal here so I can get going. You can start the time because I really should have had this already. It's like a penalty. Woo. You guys excited? Are you happy to be here? You ready to learn about wisdom? Let's pull this baby up. I'm so sorry. My time going? There it is. Okay. All right, so we all lack wisdom, kind of like me not being prepared with my, my tablet here. So we all lack wisdom. You saw that video of all the, these people, grown men, jumping off the, room, off the roof in a Santa costume, thinking he's going to land on this table and scare his friends, and it's going to be about them. Really, he was the fool, right? And it's like that guy was lacking wisdom. Or you see those poor little boys sitting on the branch, and they're sawing it off. Little does he know he's on the side that's falling to the ground, and he brings a friend down with him. And we you laugh at that. It's so funny. Ha ha ha. I'm not that person. But the reality is so many of us are in our friendships. So many of us are in our relationships with our, your husband or your wife or maybe your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your kids, the way that you're raising your kids. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but the reality is so many of us, we were, we, we're making these kinds of mistakes. It just doesn't look like that. Nobody's catching it on video. But sometimes in our thought life, in our finances, in all these different areas of our life, we're making these big mistakes that it's like, that, that, that's not the way that God wants me to live. And this is really distracting me from all the things that I need to do. Instead, I'm cleaning up the messes that I'm making making and I'm trying to backtrack and I'm going the long way at life. And so what is it that we need? What we need is wisdom. And so that's why we're talking about it. We all need wisdom. And so right here, we need to let God instruct us with wisdom, but how? In James 1, I'm going to read verse 5 right now, and we're going to go all the way to 8. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. How many of you guys love a cut and dry verse like this? Just ask God for wisdom. And it reminds me of maybe two little kids. When I was little and you needed money, you didn't ask mom for money. You asked dad for money, right? So it's like, oh, hey, oh man, Eddie, I need some money. He's like, go ask our generous dad. He will give it to you and you won't even ask why, right? And he's just going to, so I go up to dad and he gives me a $20 bill and I'm like, wow, I was expecting a five, but I'll take it. I'm not going to say anything. And the same way way that 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 might be with me and my dad he's he's awesome he's right there um our father in heaven wants to give us wisdom he wants to instruct us with wisdom and actually if you look um this word generous it's led solely by his desire to bless if you look it up in the greek lexicon i was so excited to see those words there because like wow god just wants to bless me with wisdom and so here we, let's just continue though so it seems so simple ask god but what's next? It says, but when you ask him, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave tossed of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Yikes. Are you guys saying yikes with me right now? We got one verse. It's like, if you need wisdom, just ask. He'll give it to you. It's awesome. And then the rest of them are like, but... 
better be sure that when you're asking for wisdom, that you actually are going to take God's wisdom and put it into action and not mix it with your own wisdom, or the wisdom of the world. And so we need to be committed. When we ask God for wisdom, be committed to walking that out and not mixing it. If you decide to mix it with what your coworkers are saying to, to do and it's, it's worldly and you know, but it's kind of going to give you the results that you want. So you kind of want to do what they're saying because it, it's what your ears want to hear, right? And you do it. Don't expect that your life is going to be stable. Don't expect that the decisions that you're going to make are wise. Don't expect that you're going to be firm, right? We need to be committed to God's wisdom alone. Now, we see this in an example of Jesus. Every time that I read the Gospels, I'm surprised by what Jesus does. He's like doing all these things, saying all these things that I'm like, I would have never said that or done that. And then I keep reading and I realize, wow, the results are so much better than if I was in his shoes, right? Because if I was using my personal wisdom, it would have not turned out good. And Jesus's response to me is here in um, John 12, 49 through 50. He says, I don't speak on my own authority. The father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know that his command leads to eternal life. So I say whatever the father tells me to say. Jesus set the example for how we are supposed to live our lives by only listening to what the father had to say, what the father had to do, and walking it out and not mixing it with the world's wisdom that tells you all these other things that are actually meant to break you down. And so do you believe that God has a plan for your life? Do you believe that that his commands lead to eternal life? And are you willing and to step into that and walk in that and his wisdom alone? Um, admit your need is what we see in James 1. Admit that you need wisdom. Ask him for wisdom and be committed to God's way alone. And you're going to see God's riches overflowing in your family, in your job, in your finances, in all these areas. Be committed to him alone. Nice job. Wow. Well, praise the Lord. Good morning. So uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Bethany came or sent me an email and says, uh, do you want to speak in this five by five? And I said, well, Sure. So then I uh, turned around and I went home and I told my wife, I said, uh, so I've been asked to speak in a five by five. And she uh, gets this funny look on her face and she starts laughing. And I'm going, what are you laughing about? And she says, you've never said anything in five minutes. So um, this will be my attempt to do something in five minutes, actually less now that I gave you that story. So, But um, I'm, we're talking about wisdom, and one of the things that we're going to try to answer here is, how do you know what to do? I mean, it's an age-old question. And in for James uh, chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, it says, Don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Now, we're going to focus on the last part of that. But to start out with, on that first part, there's a warning that's been given to us by the author. And he says, don't be misled. Um, in fact, the Passion Translation, which says it this way, says, don't be fooled by your own desires. I mean, come on, you know that pushing and shoving, the same thing Nikki was talking about. It's a lot of times easy to get influenced by those things around us and be misled in the right or wrong direction. But when we're focused on God and we're in right relationship with him, then the decisions come a little easier. I was uh, going to the M's game. My mom and dad had come up for the weekend, and they're from Grants Pass. And my dad and I were headed there, and 
my mom and dad are contemplating about um, moving up to uh, Grants or from Grants Pass up to Eugene. And in that process, my dad is kind of not sure what to do. And we were having this conversation and he says, you know, I wish God would just tell me what to do. And I, I looked over at him and says, dad, there is no right or wrong answer to this. I said, it, it's good if you stay and it's good if you come. I said, sometimes God wants you to choose. You know, it's a funny thing in, in uh, scripture and Proverbs in the translation or passion translation. Again, it says out of 831 wisdom's talking. It says, I laughed and played so happy with what he had made while finding me, my delight in the children of men. In other words, God finds his delight in you. He is so madly in love with you. He did everything he could possibly do to be in a relationship with you. And when we're in that relationship with him, sometimes when there's no right or wrong answer, God just wants you to choose. You know, sometimes with my kids, when they were young, they would get out there and they would have these toys and they would be looking at it like, what do I do? And, and you know, part of me sometimes wants to tell them, well, go play with this one because that, that's more fun for me. But, um, you know, the reality is, is it really didn't matter what they chose. I still had fun in, in whatever they chose. I just delighted in their decision. And in the same way, God's anxiously sitting sometimes waiting for you to make a decision so that he can delight in your decision and be happy about what you did. You see, he's so in love with you. He put that relationship before you. And you see, the Bible can be summed up pretty easily into pretty much one um, statement. It says the entire Bible um, can be summed up into one basic fact that you and I were created to be in a relationship with God. Think about it. It started out in the Garden of Eden, right? And we had the Garden of Eden, and, and we kind of messed that up. And then he brought Jesus. He just kept saying, here, I'll give you Jesus instead now to build a relationship with him. There is nothing that makes him more excited to be in a right relationship with you. That's what he wants. And he's calling us day in and day out to come into that relationship. And when we're in that right um, this, uh, relationship with him, then we can make good choices. Now, granted, sometimes we do make wrong decisions. Amen? Sometimes there is a right and a wrong decision, and we have to choose the right one. But you can't do that unless you're in the right relationship with Jesus. But when you're in that right relationship with Jesus, and sometimes there's those decisions like my dad where there really is no right or wrong answer to that, he, he, God's just sitting back there going, you decide, you choose. And you know what? When you choose, I'm going to delight in your decision. In fact, I'm going to find incredible joy and dance with you. That was awesome, Brett. Great job. Well, since the five-minute timer is going to be going, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. You know, we're on this topic of wisdom. And, you know, my first thought when I read through, uh, through my verses is I wanted to really uh, kind of give you guys, I guess not me, but James gives three points or three ways that we can respond to uh, different life circumstances, right? We're all in different seasons of our life. Some people in here I know are getting married next week, and that's an exciting thing, you know. Um, some of you may not be in that joyful of a season. Some of you may be walking through some really hard circumstances or just through some seasons where you just say, God, I need, I need some help making some big decisions. We're all in different seasons of our life in here, right? And so I'm going to go ahead and read James 1, 19 through 21. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. That's all of you. <laughs> 
says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now, honestly, there's a lot packed into these verses. And, you know, when I first read through this, I was like, okay, what direction am I going to go? But, you know, when I was thinking about what is the wisest way we can respond to these circumstances in our life, I wanted to pull out three points that James says. And I, I bet you guys can find them pretty quick, but it's quick to listen, slow to speak speak and slow to get angry. Now, it's kind of funny because when I read through these, how often can, or how like you guys probably be pretty honest and say, we probably get this pretty backwards. We probably get this completely opposite. You know, these are all three ways, awesome pieces of advice. But honestly, a lot of times I get this completely turned around. And, you know, I want to start on the last one, slow to get angry. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. Anger is an emotion, right? And how often do we let our emotions get the best of us? We hear some news or you know, maybe get a bad report from the doctor. Maybe we f look at our bank account. We're like, oh no, there's a lot less in there than I thought, you know, or who spent my money? <laughs> or, you know, we hear something about our kids and it kind of hits us to the core. You know, I don't have kids, but I know I have siblings and nieces and nephews. I, I know that feeling, you know, to, to a certain level, but you know, we all, we all have heard some bad news in our life or we all have faced situations in our life where our emotions, they hit hard. And you know, the first thing that comes up is fear or doubt, or maybe even anger or, or worry or whatever that may be. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about this. I, I don't think that's the thing. I don't think that's what God wants us to walk in, right? God doesn't want us to walk in that fear, walk in those emotions that just weigh us down as we walk through life. And all we can just think about are the problems that we're facing. But today I want to ask you, are you going to allow God to take that burden, to take those emotions and walk in his peace, walk in his faith, walk in truth that he can, he's got you, right? He's got that situation um, under control. And second one, one of my personal struggles is slow to speak. You know, I'm a talker. I'm a verbal processor. Sorry, Kyle. But, you know, I talk. You know, we all honestly love to talk about our problems. You know, first thing that I do, I'm like, mom, you know, on the phone as soon as I can. You know, I need to tell you about this thing. I need to talk through this thing. And we love to talk about our problems because we need to vocalize it. It's, it's what we, we need to do. And, you know, sometimes we have to talk it through to understand and, you know, I want to ask you this question in the circumstance you're facing right now, what is coming out of your mouth? What is the, the speech? What is the thing you're speaking over your life right now? You know, is it fear? Are you just always so afraid of what's going to happen? Is it worry? Is it anxiety? Is it doubt? Or is it just a distrust that God's got you? What is coming out of your mouth? You know, the Bible talks about how, you know, what you speak is what's in your heart, right? It's a reflection of your heart. If all you're speaking is, is fear, is that what you carry in your heart all the time? If all you're speaking is doubt, is that what you're carrying in your heart all the time? You know, but I really believe God wants you to change your voice. He wants you to change your speech over your life. Speak some faith over your situation, over your marriage, over your finances, over your kids, whatever that is. If you need wisdom, speak to God. I need you to help me. I need you to speak into my life, into this situation right? And lastly, quick to listen. I can probably say this is probably a hard one for everyone because we're busy. We're going from one thing to another. Don't be afraid to just get before God and say, God, I give you every bit of my situation. I need you to speak into my life. I need you to come and give me some answers. Get quiet before God. See how that's going to change your situation. He may not give you answers right off the bat, but I can guarantee he's going to give you some peace for you to be able to carry on through some of the struggles that you may be facing that we all will face at one point or another. So I encourage you today, whatever you're facing, take some time, go home, get before God, get 
get quiet. Don't, you know, don't vocalize every single thing and, and you know, as fast as you can, but just say, God, I give this situation to you. Speak the things that you need. Say, I need some faith. I need some courage. And last, don't let your emotions get the best of you. Give it to him and just see what he's going to do in your life. So good. I feel like listening to Nikki and Brett and Kayla, I am much wiser than I was early this morning. I, I'm going to dive right in on the last passage that we have from James. This is 122 to 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So James is talking to those of us who have received the wisdom that we need. We know what to do, but we have not yet acted. And he uses a curious illustration, a mirror, to say that when you know the way, and you don't take it, it's like looking at yourself in a mirror, walking away and forgetting what you saw. So when I think about mirrors, the truth is I have a scarred past in which acne was the reality for many, many, many years, 16, 17. Has anyone else struggled with this? Am I alone? Okay. Uh, I was the king of acne. I was so good at growing acne, no one could touch me. And I mean that literally because if you touched my face, you would get some kind of disease. I had acne so bad it was contagious. So when I left the mirror, walked away, did something else, I had no possibility of forgetting what I looked like. So I acted on what I saw. I acted on my acne. And I got soaps. I got lotions. None of that worked. So I went to a doctor and got a prescription. And if any of you are struggling in this area of your life, come to me after the service and I can tell you what worked for me. In James's illustration, the mirror is wisdom. It shows us what needs to be done. It shows us the right course of action. But the wonderful thing is, it doesn't just tell us what's wrong about ourselves or what needs to change. It also gives us the power to act in the wisdom that we have been shown by revealing to us who we are. And this is so important because when we know who we really are, the things that would get in the way of acting as God shows, things like anger or fear, pride, self-hatred, all of those things, they have no power over you. Here's the truth. When you're looking at the mirror with your out-of-control acne and your weird hair, God is also beside you, and he's looking at the mirror, and he's saying, yeah, I have a beautiful son. He's an overcomer. He's dead to sin. He's humble, but really bold. Because the reality is that when God is looking into the mirror, he's not just seeing you, he's seeing himself in the perfection of his son who lives inside you. And if you have Jesus, do you know that you're actually prone to righteousness? You're prone to good decisions. You have a sound mind. That's what God bought. And if you're a Christian and you're not experiencing those things, I invite you to start believing what God has said about you. Um, and because when you um, anchor yourselves with those beliefs, then your actions will follow you. Follow. It's like what Kayla was saying about speak. <laughs> speak the truth about yourself. So one thing that you might want to do 
is go home to your mirror where you see yourself and you can write a note that says, I am who the Bible says I am. Because that's part of your identity, that's who you've become. And I'll just say one word about taking the first step because the first step is so often the hardest, isn't it? I can tell a story just about six weeks ago I was facing a phone call that terrified me, I think, more than I have been terrified in my life. I was looking at the number I was about to dial, and my eyes were rattling, and there was so much adrenaline, my heart was pumping. And it was the rise, making the phone call was the wise choice to make. I knew I had to do it. It's, um, it was very clear. And so what I did was I took a first step. I called someone else and said, I'm about to make this phone call. Please pray for me. And when I did, I found that whatever was attacking me with fear and making me paralyzed, suddenly all the claws were out and I could just go. I had, I had made myself accountable to take this call and I did and God totally blessed the outcome. So know that God has given you everything that you need to act in the wisdom that he has shown you and he's going to bless the first step just like he promises in James. That's good. All right. I'm back. Um, but I don't really have any sort of like, I don't, I don't have any planned things. I'm not really talking on the topic of wisdom for you. I just really want to come and I'm going to share with you guys really what I think is probably the wisest decision you could ever make. Right. And, and, and I really believe that, that today people came in here looking for hope. I believe people came in here looking for purpose, looking for something. Maybe you don't know what it is. Right? Maybe you don't know why you came. Maybe a friend dragged you here, told you there was free coffee and donuts. I don't know. Maybe you stumbled in here thinking you were going to a movie. Whatever, like, whatever it might be, whatever reason that you're here, I just want you to know that, that it's actually not the reason that you're here. The reason that you're here is because God wanted you here. Because God made an appointment with you today, and he wanted you to hear this right now. He wanted you to hear that, that he has a plan for your life, right? and that, that he wants to invite you to follow him. And, and so I know that every week there's people that are searching for hope. You're searching for purpose, right? You don't, you don't maybe know what that next step is. You don't maybe know what, what God is calling you to do. And, and I'm just here to tell you I know what it is. I know the next step. And the next step that God is calling to you, calling you to do this morning is to follow him. That's it. It's, uh, it may sound simple and you may not know exactly what it means. And, and that's cool because for every person it looks a little bit different, right? But the next step that God wants you to take this morning is just to follow him. And what that means is, is it's just saying, all right, God, I'm going to do it, right? It's just that simple, saying, I'm going to follow you. What do you have for me to do? All right, and so in, in here in a second, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer. And if this morning you are making that decision, you wanna, you're saying, okay, I want to give this Jesus guy a try. I want to I see what he's got for me. I want to kind of figure this whole thing out. I want to I want to give it a shot. What we're going to do is we're just going to pray a prayer and it's not a magic prayer. There's not magic words. It's just some words and if you really if you really mean it, right? You, we're going to say these words and if you really mean them, then they're going to change your life. They're going to change the way that you live. They're going to change the way that you see things when you decide to follow Jesus. It's a change. It may not make it's not going to make everything easy from here on out, right? It's not this magic thing. It's just saying, Jesus, when I come to situations and I have some choices to make, I'm going to trust that your decision is the wise decision, right? And so, so today, I'm just going to lead you guys in uh, 
really the wisest decision that I've ever made in my life. So if, if this morning you're feeling that, that, that you want to take that first step and you want to follow Jesus, you don't know fully what it looks like, but we're going to help you. Right? If you're feeling that you want to make that decision this morning, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me. And if everybody could kind of just pray along, uh, we're just going to say, God, I know I've done some stuff wrong. And I'm sorry for that. God, I believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died on a cross for my sins. God, would you help me to take the next step with you? God, would you show me what a relationship with you looks like? God, would you give me the courage to follow you for the rest of the days of my life? In Jesus' name. Amen.